When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to part two of episode 75 of FBL Black Box. We hope you enjoyed part one. I hope you listened to that. In this part, as and I start looking at the positions and we take a look at the current level of ownership across all four. We then look at the community template after as delved into some of the teams that have been circulating on Twitter in the community. And then as and I will start to look through our first drafts with just two weeks to go before kickoff. You join us as we start to look at just who are the most popular players among the three million managers signed up so far. Well, let's look at some ownership. We'll start with goalkeepers and defenders. Goalkeepers at the moment, the top goalkeeper there, 5 million, is Mendy. Um, mm. 26.4% ownership. Then it's Allison on 5.5, and Edison is full 5.5 as well. So it's Mendy on 26.4%, Allison 18.8. Edison 14.1, and in between Allison and Edison, there's Sanchez on 14.3. The expensive keepers, or the elite keepers, if you like, are really, really popular. Just going back to what we said earlier about the pricing. Yeah, I mean, I think the price for Mendy is really interesting at five, because I think, you know, realistically, you want to kind of keep those spots clear for James Chilwell, Mm. Mount, Sterling. You know, that's the four options. You've got Havertz there kind of as well. I mean, that's five good options in the rest of the team. So by getting in Mendy, you're limiting yourself to be able to jump on on one of those. So that's the kind of trade-off. He doesn't make many saves. We've talked about his his kind of points as as being a little bit disappointing, but he he did go off to, to AFCON as well. You know, you'd, you'd expect him to to do quite well. He, he's just not he's just not for me because of that that lack of flexibility in some of the other spots. I think Chelsea are a team that I just don't really know what we're going to see next season. Um, I think Rudiger is a big loss for them in defence as well. I know Kunde's coming in. I know uh, Koulibaly is is like an elite defender, but it's still a big adjustment to lose a defender of that kind of calibre. So. I don't know. I'm I'm a, I'm a bit worried about Chelsea defensively, and I think you know with Chilwell and James, it doesn't even matter. You're just going to get such relentless attacking sort of swagger from them. So I, I'd still much prefer those two, but I can see why people are going for Mendy. Yeah, I mean, in terms of points per ninety, Allison's right up there, four point eight nine last season. Edison's on four point one nine. Kepper and Begovic, who only played four and three starts um, respectively. So in terms of points per ninety, it's Allison, Edison, Lloris. And Gaeta, um, how did I have him through his most disastrous <laughs> period? And he does. I, I, I still can't believe he's on there because he never seemed to get points. Clean ever. sheets at the end. Clean sheets at the end. They got six yeah. in the last nine, I think, or something silly. Right. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah. the XG that I was following mid-season or early season didn't come in until the end. Obviously, I'd moved off then. I'd moved to Ramsdale. I got that completely <laughs> wrong, didn't I? <laughs> um, so look at this data here. Like the, obviously, we know. The, the the big team keepers Liverpool City are going to keep the most clean sheets probably likely again those two keepers are going to do well you're not going to Alisson because of the Liverpool attack 
Edison for me is the best bet because I don't think you're going to go Cancelo. Are you going to go for two City attackers other than Cancelo? I don't think so. I think you're going to go for Haaland or De Bruyne. You're not going to have more than one of those. You're not going to have all both of them, are you? So I think the Edison slot's the easiest one to fit in mm. if you're not going Mendy. Out of the four, out of the five million keepers, where would you go? Because Ramsdale's tempted me. I've had him in and out over the summer so far. Arsenal's start is so good. But the issue there is like, do you want to have three Arsenal slots in the outfield open to you, given that there are players like Zinchenko now and Gabriel, and then you've got your Saka Martinelli and you've got your Jesus. So yeah. does that override Ramsdale as an option at five million? Yeah, I can't see myself going with with like you know, ever having, you know, Ramsdale and then two Arsenal things. I mean, like, oh no, I really want to get another one. I think, you know, if you've got Saka and you've got Ramsdale, that's probably you kind of covered. I mean, Jesus obviously is there as well. That's your kind of three. Yeah, similar to Edison, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to go, you know, I really want Ben White or I really want, you know, Martinelli and Saka and Jesus. So I don't really think that's too much of an issue. I think more of the issue is is Arsenal kind of defensively. Um, We're not really too sure what that centre-back pairing is going to be. Saliba's back now. White was playing a bit of right back because Tomiyasu was, was has picked up a knock or is injured. Yeah, he's got. Um, so yeah, and I mean uh, Ramsdale was so poor at the end of last season as well. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's a bit of a wait and see on on Arsenal for me. Um, I think those two those two first games they've got as well are tough. Palace away and then Leicester. That's not as as easy as it kind of maybe seems. They've got a really good run after that, but yeah, for me, I'm happy to kind of wait on Arsenal for those two games and see how they kind of set up. So. I wouldn't go for him. I, I, I think I'd prefer Saar at five. Mm. But I don't think there's a big enough difference between Saar and Sanchez and, and Raya. I think I'll just save that point five and go for one of those. But at five, I'd, I'd probably pick Saar. Yeah, so, so you're looking at a four or five keeper then at the moment. And all of those, you're, you you prefer Raya. Even with Brentford's defensive injuries. Because I think Pinnock's out now, isn't he? Um, they've already... Signed Ben Mee. Ben Mee's coming. Sound Ben Mee. But Big again, he's hardly had a pre-season with them, right? So... Okay, he's going to get one friendly before he starts. I, I just look at Brentford and worry about the, the defence given the injuries they've had over the summer. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, Sanchez is is the kind of other option. He's kind of that kind of quietly consistent. Such a sleepy, defender. unsexy pick, isn't it, Sanchez? He, re- he really is, yeah. I mean, Brentford have got Fulham and Everton in, in three and four, which I like the look of. Um, Palace in five I, I know Palace are a good defensive side but I do sort of wonder about them as, as a real kind of attacking unit so I, I like the first I like three out of five of Brentford's first fixtures um, Brighton's are good um, they've got United in game week one uh, and West Ham in three but then outside of that Newcastle Leeds and Fulham you know, there could be some clean sheets there so yeah I'm, I'm kind of undecided I also um, I, I, not for the first five but after the wild card I, I like the look of Henderson as well at Forest. Yeah, we've yeah, definitely. At Sheffield United, but you're you're probably not going to consider him for those first five. Yeah. He's got Newcastle, West Ham, Spurs, and City. It's a really tough run for you. First yeah. hoping five. I I think the goalkeeper position is one of those positions you look to nail with that first wild card, which is why I'm favouring going Edison and then getting data and then switching to a lower value mm. keeper after that, because I think for me Johnston at Palace is going to be one that I'm looking at he's 4-5 we don't know who the Palace keeper is going to be I think it will be Johnston and Palace we know are strong defensively in terms of XG the issue with Palace is set pieces I think they've got to get that right I think if we see signs that they're not as weak as they were at set plays I think the Palace keeper at 4-5 whoever that is could be really useful and like you say Henderson will come into it on that run uh, from game week 6 onwards so I think I'm going to go in B 
bigger on the keeper to start with, but then look to scale back with the wild card. Is yeah, I mean, do you think there's going to be a big difference between like Edison and, and one of the 4.5s just in those opening five or six? I mean, you look at Raya, for example. I mean, if he, he if he does keep a clean sheet, makes a load of saves, that's going to be like 11, 12 points, something like that. Mm. And we've seen, we, you, know, we, you know what kind of these keepers can do, whereas Edison's going to pick up kind of consistent returns but it's early in the season you never really know how fit teams are and, and, and things. But look, look at City's fixtures first five I've got them up on the screen now West Ham away yeah that's tough right? they might concede there they're not going to concede at home to Bournemouth might concede away to Newcastle might not going to concede at home to Palace not going to concede at home to Forest there's, there's three yeah. clean sheets there for, I would say 90% that three clean sheets and there's probably going to be four right so you look at Brentford and you go Leicester away, maybe. Man United at home, maybe. Fulham away, yeah, probably. That's probably their best chance. Everton at home is probably their best chance. The, diff- the difference away. is, though, you So there's you one or two for Brentford. You right? don't need five clean sheets for 4.5 Raya, though. You need, all you need is for them yeah. to keep a clean sheet against United for him to pick up 11 points, and then he matches Edison for... Yeah. Because uh, I, I don't know, it's interesting, because it's such a small window. You know, if it's over the season, you know, we it, it might be a bit different, but... You know, we, we do see these these cheap goalkeepers getting close to to the other goal. There's never really a huge amount. You do, it. but I would say it's very difficult. We don't know right now, sitting here now, who the best kind of, of the medium level teams, mm. like your Southampton, Palace, Brighton, Brentford. I have no idea which of those is going to be the tightest at the start of the season. I'd probably say Brighton. If I had to go a four or five, I'd go, because we know by reputation, Potter's teams are quite organised and tight. Brentford could be, but because of the injuries and the fact they're going to start with two new centre-backs, probably, that they haven't had last season or most of the pre-season, I don't know. So if there was, if there was a, I mean, Melio would probably be the one I'd look at because they've got Wolves, Southampton, Brighton and Everton. I think they've got two or three. And it, like, well, it's the same <laughs> argument, right? If you, if you know you don't need clean sheets and it's save points, I prefer Melio over the first five to Raya myself. Because but, I mean, they points. they will concede every every game leads. Whereas I think Brentford at uh, least got a chance if, if things kind of click. I don't know. Really... Wolves at home, I don't know. Southampton away, I, yeah, they probably will. I think I don't think there's much in those Leeds fixtures versus Brentford. If Brentford had a fully fit defence, which was the same back five or four, though, I mean, and that's the other thing they're moving from a back five to a back four. We think this season. Mm. So what we saw last season isn't necessarily what we're going to see this season in terms of protection Ray has got. So that, you know, there's just, to me, Brentford have got so many unknowns, I'm not convinced I can put my flag in Rayo as, yep, yeah, he's going to be as good as an Edison for those first five games. I'd rather get to game week six and then see what the data tells me. I'm definitely going to come off Edison. But yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm the kind of opposite. I'm, I'm just hoping that I can hit the right 4.5, you know, for those first fives, use the money wisely kind of elsewhere. Yeah. I, I don't hate either option. That's the thing. I'm not massively like mm. against your your strategy. I, I'm just hoping that I can hit the right one, and because it's it's not it's it's either going to be Sanchez or um, or Raya for me. Yeah. And if I can hit the right one, and you know, if there's like five points in it between them, him and Edison, you know, for save points and bonus and all that kind of stuff, which Edison never really gets, then I'll I'll take that. Yeah, I think I think for me, I just want to play safe and get points in the bank, mm. and then go off the data. Um, I might not, though. It's just at the moment. You know, obviously, if Cucurella signs and he's five million and I fancy that, then I might come off it. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have more than, I'm going to have Cancelo and I'm probably going to have another City defender in there. But I'm not going to have 
you know, Edison, Cucurello and Cancelo. So I might come up, I don't know, and, I, and I'm, you know, we'll look at my team in a bit, but at the moment I'm going with that. It's the keepers is a really tough position. I think bringing that 0-5 off the top there, as we said, is absolutely fascinating, isn't it? It has it, changed our, our view completely. Going to defenders then, no surprise, Trent, 54.6 ownership, Cancelo 45%. James 44. I'm surprised that James is as close to Cancelo as he, as he is because normally ownership goes off the back of points from the previous mm. season and Cancelo, and obviously James missed a lot of games and therefore the points gap is big. So the, the new player, I guess at this stage though, we're not looking at, the ownership isn't made up of new FPL players. It's made up of players, managers who have played FPL for many, many seasons because the new FBL managers come in in the last week. So I think the gap between Cancelo and James will probably open up at that point, because at the moment, I think the, the managers picking these players are managers who played FBL for several seasons and know there's not much gap, or perhaps there might not be much gap between Reese James and Jao Cancelo. Perisic, 36%. Williams is the four million defender. Nico at 21%. Perisic, 36 surprises me, because... You said earlier about the uh, pod you did with Neil and the doubts over Conte and the mm. minutes of wingbacks. I mean, surely that's got to be a concern, particularly when Europe kicks in after game week six. Perisic is going to probably come off in every game, I would have thought, with the five subs, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, we've got three million people in, in FPL now, and I think you know this list does show that that's a three million of people who kind of know what they're doing these days. Because it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's, not, it's not just a list of, of the no. best points. I mean, James Perisic, you know, Neko Williams is there at 21%. So people already know that he's the best option. You know, 21% mm. of, of 3 million is a lot of people. I mean, Trippier's on there, for example, yeah. at five. People know that he's a good option, even though he barely played last season. So, yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, Perisic, yeah. Perisic is someone who I really wanted because I, I, love, I love me a wing back, especially from a, from a Conte system. But, yeah, Neil did a very good job of kind of explaining how many times he got subbed before 60 minutes at Inter under Conte. How demanding that position is, you know, with Europe, all that kind of stuff. The fact that there's like ten wing backs at that club, so and they want more. Apparently, I read today they're after another wing back. Um, yeah, you, you've got to think he's gonna he's gonna have his minutes managed. I mean, he can do a hell of a lot of damage in the time he's on the pitch. So he's so attacking, like his shooting numbers in for Inter were absolutely kind of outrageous. Mm. So you might not even need him to play sixty minutes to get something. But it's a good price, five five. But I don't think I'll be going there. No, I don't think I will. He's been in and out. I've flirted with him all season, all pre-season, rather. But yeah, I mean, Cash and Trippier, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the the managers in FBL at the moment, 3 million, know exactly what they're doing. Hence the fact that Cash and Trippier are in there. Trippier has got no points on the ball from last season, really. No. But obviously, when we look at the data, he is definitely one to pick because, you know, his points per game is very strong and his, his non-penalty XG is very strong for a player who only played a handful of games because of injury. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I think this will change up in the last week when more players come flooding into the game and then we'll see perhaps mm. some gaps appear and players with more points last season will start edging up in ownership because FBL players who are new to the game will look at that as their guide, whereas at the moment, people aren't doing that. There's yeah. some... Sorry. Go on, carry on. I was going to say, there's, there's some notable kind of numbers here, though. I mean, some of them aren't even on this list. I mean, Dean's mm. 4% owned, for example. Cash is 20.9. To me, that's a real 50-50 call, but it's not being borne out in ownership because Cash is, is kind of so much higher than, mm. than Dean is. Um, Robertson at 10% ownership as well is, is really low. And that's because yeah. people are going Trent, Diaz and, and Salah, um, like we're seeing. So Robertson, again, big differential. And 
I wouldn't be surprised if Robertson outscored Diaz this season, even though he's a million less in, in defence because he's got those clean sheets to kind of fall back on. So, yeah, interesting one between those two. I had another one as well, but I can't remember who it was. <laughs> no, I absolutely, I absolutely <laughs> agree with you. I mean, if you look at the table we've got now with the points per 90, Chilwell, as we saw earlier, is top 9.13. He only started six games, but he got three goals and one assist in those six games. Then we've got Doherty, who could or could not be a factor this season, 6.89. had that purple patch when he came into the team and he got the nine starts. Then it's Reese James, then it's Robertson, then it's Trent. The top three, well, two of the top three owned defenders there, Reese James and Trent. Robertson is the outlier, uh, 10% owned, as you said, currently, but 6.6 points per 90, which is stronger than Diaz. And I think with a million less, personally, I'm on, I'm on team Robertson over Diaz. Yeah, it's, I think the tricky thing is, if you go with Robertson, you're basically, because you, I mean, you're going to have Trent Cancelo and one of James or, or Chilwell, so yeah. that's three. Yeah. And then if you go Robertson as well, that's that's four. That's that, that's, that's a good myth. And then, and then you can kind of have Williams. But then a lot of people are looking at other players. I mean, Zinchenko was the one I was going to mm. mention. Mm. Um, just signed for Arsenal for 35 million at five. Dean there at five. Trippier. I mean, you can easily go five at the back uh, with these guys. But then you kind of have that, that flexibility issue that we mentioned earlier. And I think that's what you do. If you go for Robertson as well, then I think you you pretty much are going for a five at the back. I haven't seen too many four at the back teams with Robertson as well. But yeah, I, I don't, I definitely don't hate it. I, I'm really surprised that he's 10% owned. I think people are, Diaz is a great price, don't get me wrong, but Robertson is a consistent near 200 point player. Yeah, and and Diaz, Diaz have to have a worldie to get close to that. And expected minutes as well. You would have thought that Robertson will finish more games than Diaz. I mean, we might see mm. Klopp rotate his, uh, rest his wingbacks in games. We might see that. I remember, the, remember at Watford before a European tie last season, um, I had Jota in my team and he was on the bench for Liverpool and I thought, well, he must come on because he's going to rest one of Mane or Salah or Firmino. And he didn't. He took both Robertson and Trent yeah, off in yeah. that game with 10 minutes to go. And I wonder if that's a vision of what we're going to see this season with the five subs in that Trent and Robertson will come off regularly. Probably more so uh, Robertson because they've got Simicas who's a bit more of a like-for-like whereas Gomez for Trent is a gap. There's a bigger gap, I think, um, in certainly in creativity. But I wonder whether those two will will get 80, 80, 75, 80 minutes rather than the 90 that we're used to seeing. But I still would back Robertson to get more minutes than Diaz. For sure. Because yeah, of the attack. Agree. I mean, with Jota injured, maybe not. It depends on Jota injury, doesn't it? But I, I think over the season, Robertson's going to get more minutes for sure. Um, okay, let's look at um, midfield and attack ownership. Um, no surprise, Salah 57.6. I'm shocked, though, that Jesus in forwards is owned by 60.5 and more than Salah. And again, that indicates to me that the managers in the game at the moment are managers who are following the preseason, who are following non-penalty XG, which Jesus does very well for. They're not just managers who you know are going for Salah because he's got the most points last season. Oh, I've, I've, I know Salah's a good player in FBL. They... You know, they're, they're informed managers who are being yeah. affected by what's happening pre-season, which is why Jesus is owned so, uh, so many. Uh, Diaz, 30.1. There's a big I gap between them. Single, I haven't had him a single draft. We haven't tried Jesus. Jesus at all. I'm not, not interested. Go on, tell me about your view on Jesus then. You don't, you don't see it. I, I think from game week three, yes. But like I said, I think those first two games for Arsenal are really tricky. And I think, you know, he's so highly owned. I'm looking for ways in which I can differentiate a little bit from the kind of template like I try and do. And I think Palace away, game week one, Leicester at home, game week two. If he doesn't do well in those first two games and he's 60.5% owned, 
We could see him at seven, eight. Yeah, that's the danger, isn't it? it when you're looking at a high-owned player, they've got to perform. Otherwise, people are going to get off them pretty quick. Exactly. And I think the danger with Jesus is if there's managers out there who went Jesus and a budget striker, a six million striker, and then Haaland and Kane bang it in for the first two or three games, they would move to Haaland and Kane anyway, even if Jesus has scored a goal or two. Because if one yeah. of the, if Kane and Haaland get a hat trick, we're going to see Jesus sales, aren't we? Because people yeah, are going to panic and go, I've got to get absolutely. one of Kane and Haaland. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a difficult kind of sort of thing to sort of pin your master pin your master is that the saying something like that you put you said put a flag in, a flag in it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Put> a flag <laughs> because I think Jesus is a really good price I think 8 million there's not yeah. many there's not too many forwards I think 8 million is a good price I'm expecting him to ha- do well and have a good season but it's it's just purely I, I don't really like those those first two games so I'm, I'm looking at something a bit different but I don't begrudge anyone I, I can't believe though he's 60.5% owned I, I can't believe it's that not with Saka there as well 8 million at the same price, you know, the investment people could be making with Diaz at eight, you know, with Salah, with with Haaland or Kane. I'm, yeah, I'm just surprised that he is he is that high. Um, but it, I think it just shows just the lack of forwards, really, more than yeah. anything else. No, I mean, he's definitely a good pick. I'm not, I'm not doubting that. It depends on your formation and it depends what you're willing to spend in your front line. I think if you're going to go Jesus, it's hard to also get Kane and Haaland in as well, unless you're spending obviously you'd have to be spending quite a bit up front and then you're going lighter at the back and for me that's where I, I think the value is as we saw earlier in the, in the show the value there's such value in defense I'm reluctant to skinny in defense I want to spend there which means I can't get a lineup with a Haaland and a Jesus or a Kane and a Jesus um, I just don't see it and midfield traditionally has been where we put our money as well yeah. so I think it's very difficult he's a very 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 good player very industrious player yeah. but He's not a clinical striker. And he's playing, I mean, don't get me wrong, Marcelli, Odegaard, all these players are, are very, very good players, but it's not De Bruyne and Mares feeding him. And like there's people, there's people in the chat now saying that he's like essential and that you need him. I'm just not buying into that, really. It's it's a it's a new team, it's not as good quality around him. He's he's going to be, you know, industrious again, like like he has been. Enketi is there as well. He might be playing up top with him. I don't know if that's a good thing mm. for him or a bad thing. I want to see him for a few games and just see exactly yeah. what he looks yeah. like in that Arsenal side. I don't think he's a must. I, I really don't. No, I, think, I think the reason why I'm cool on him is because, again, if I'm going to play the wildcard five or six, I'd rather go a Kane or a Haaland because they're the... They're the players who I think could really do heavy damage to me if I don't have them. Yeah. Is Jesus going to bang in a hat-trick? Is he going to get five or six goals in those first four or five games? He might. Probably is now after I've said that. He might. But I think if you're betting on one, if you're betting on one of the three forwards, if you're, if you're saying, okay, of these three forwards, Kane, Haaland, Jesus, what of those could do the biggest damage to my team if I don't have them? You ain't going to go Jesus for that, player, are you? No. Right? So... The only appeal you've got of going, if you're going one up front, the only appeal you've got Jesus is you can spend money elsewhere. For me, if you're going one up front like me, you go with one of Kane and Haaland. And you, if you're playing two up front, you go a, a six million striker. You don't go Kane and Haaland and Jesus. But clearly a lot of people are going with that, right? A lot of people are going Jesus and a six million maybe, or Jesus and a Haaland or Kane. But And, you know, the data I'm showing now, you can see why in terms of points per 90, Jesus was right up there on with 21 starts. He got eight goals, eight assists. And also his non-penalty XG per 90. Oh, by the way, we didn't mention our stats have changed from minutes per to per 90 this season, haven't they? So you would have noticed that. 
Um, he has got 0.65 XGI non-penalty per 90. So that's expected goal involvements, non-penalty per 90, 0.65. That is as good as it gets. Only Jota has got higher than that amongst the forwards in this chart. And Jota, of course, was a midfielder last season, but has come into the forward line. He's injured, and with Nunes there, he's not really a factor, I don't believe. So in terms of non-penalty XGI, he's as good as it gets, right? But he was in a City team that you would create more for him, you would thought, you would have thought, than an Arsenal team. Yeah, it's fascinating. Just to mention on the on the 90 minutes as well, I mean, hopefully this is a, a much clearer way of displaying it, which is why we've done it. Because if you remember before, it was XGI, yeah. and it was like 128.6, and it was quite hard to kind of categorise. Whereas now, because it's in kind of, you know, 0. 0.10 blocks, you can basically say anyone that's getting an XGI per 90 over 0. 0.6 is like elite. That is like, mm. like you say, that's the kind of goal. And that's what you're looking for in, in your kind of attacking players. I mean, you know, not to say that 0.4 and 0.5 isn't, isn't really good, but 0.6 is like, okay, we've got to stand up and take note of this, of this yeah. person. And yeah, the fact Jesus is there is, 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 is encouraging for the people that are going with him. It's just whether that can carry on at Arsenal. Definitely on my watches. I'm, I'm not going to be stubborn about it. That's my yeah no. That, that's my be. that's my biggest that's my biggest thing is that if if he looks good in the first two games and he's looked amazing in preseason, don't get me mm. wrong. If he's going into game week three and I haven't got him and he's been looking sharp, I'll, I'll be making the move. I, I won't be stubborn. You can remind me of that hopefully. When but it's like up. you said as well. I mean, Saka is the surest bet in that Arsenal team for me. He's the one who's going to start most games and he might get taken off, but I don't think he's going to get taken off first. I think Jesus probably is going to be taken off amongst the first two subs because they've got Enketia and they're going to give him minutes. I can't see Enketia starting many matches over the first three or four. I think it's going to be largely Martinelli, Jesus mm. and Saka. Um, and they've got Vieira now as well who can also play wild. I mean, we don't really know what that front three is going to be, but I think Enketia is going to start most games in the first four or five on the bench. And when you've got Enketia straining at the leash, surely the most likely player he's going to replace is going to be Jesus. Yeah, or unless or Jesus moves up. wide, and in which case, mm. do you want Jesus wide anyway? Right? Would you rather, if you're going to have a wide Arsenal player, you're going to have Saka. So same price as well. So it's yeah. The, it, key, the, key, the key thing you get with Saka is nothing's going to change. His role isn't no, going to change, and I no. think every other Arsenal player are going to see their roles change because they bought Vieira and they bought Jesus in, and the system is going to adapt around those two. So, I mean, Odegaard, for example, we might he might become a better option because we might see yeah. him push further up and dropping back and having that kind of pivot. But Saka, you know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get someone who's probably going to push on and get 160, 170 points next yeah. season and, and, and you know might have penalties. We don't know. We literally don't know who's, who's going to be taking them. Uh, one thing I want to touch on here as well, going back to the ownership, Haaland 60%, Kane 19.8. I am very surprised at that. I mean, that is purely based off the hype that Haaland has created from his reputation he's gained in, in the Bundesliga. And I get it. But you would have thought with the stock that Kane has brought, you know, has gained in the Premier League and the fact that he had another strong season last time out, that the gap wouldn't be that big. Are we being dazzled by Haaland as a new player or do you think there is that kind of gap there? I think people are just excited, aren't they? I mean, he's such a massive signing for the Premier League to come in. I'm so glad he didn't go to like Madrid or something like that. So it's going to be so exciting to see him in the league. And there is that kind of romanticism about it, isn't there? You you mm. play FPL because you want you know you you want to watch Haaland just sort of tear through the first like five games and just destroy everyone and score like twenty goals. It's just kind of what you want um, to see. So I'm not really surprised. Kane disappointed a lot of people last season. Really poor first half. Never really matched Son either. 
even though I told you that he would do. <laughs> and yeah, uh, kind of, you know, broke broke my heart, particularly because I, I didn't have Son for that run. Um, I don't know about Kane. Kane's an interesting one. I mean, if I'm picking between Son and Kane, I'm picking Son absolutely every day between them. I'm not massively sold on Kane, but I do think this news on Haaland that Pep's given, the fact he hasn't played pre-season yet, the fact there are these knocks and niggles, the fact he said that he wanted to go to Madrid because they would rest him more or something. Yeah, that was utterly bizarre, wasn't it? Really weird. And there's, you know, some assurances that he's going to be given, you know, have his minutes. There's just, there's a couple of little things that are just making me think, okay, this is another kind of Jesus example of this is a very, very highly owned player who maybe I could go against for the first few weeks and, and you know, and, and have a look at. And Kane is someone I'm looking at now when I wasn't really before. Kane over Haaland um, or De Bruyne as well. I think De Bruyne now, I mean, he scored two amazing goals in, in pre-season. Mm. Fully, Pep said he's fully fit and back to his best. Mm. That's the complete opposite of, of Haaland. Yeah. So yeah. He, he definitely interests me. Yeah, I mean, I've never been on Haaland in pre-season because I... There's the there's there's so many again his factors and we said when we did the end of season post mortem I worry about Haaland's fitness what we've read in the Athletic article the quotes that come out there from Pep just indicate that the player himself is worried about fatigue and and the injury prone state that he's been in in previous seasons in the Bundesliga the demand he's going to come under particularly when the European games come in as well you've got to think he's going to play those European ties so. In the games where City think they can afford to rest him, they're either not going to start him or they're going to bring him off early. Mm. Kane, by comparison, if you're going to pick, if you're going to look at the heavy hitters and you're going to go, which one's going to get me the most minutes over the first six game weeks and over the season? So, in other words, which one is the least likely to be subbed off? It's Kane. Who comes on for Kane? Charleston, maybe, but I no can't chance. see it. No Kane's chance. going to play most 90 minutes, I would have thought, because they haven't really got a light for light. Richarlison's the nearest they've got, but I would have thought Richarlison's already on the pitch for one of Kudazeskin's son anyway by the time it gets to the 80-minute mark. So I don't see Kane coming off in a game. So you're going to get, over the first six weeks, I reckon Kane will get you an extra 90 minutes over Haaland because Haaland's mm. going to be brought off every with 15 minutes to go, post, probably, in most games, and maybe not start one of them. So the, the, you know. it's, it's, it's a really interesting one because you, you've got the ex-mins which are massively on the, on the side of Kane. But what we didn't yeah. see from Kane last season was him really scoring huge hauls with goals and getting braces and hat-tricks. Yeah. He, you know, he was assisting a lot of goals. He was dropping deeper a lot um, and that kind of thing. And there is always that chance that Haaland just comes in and De Bruyne's on point, Mahrez is on point, and he just converts everything. I mean, Pep's already said, like I said earlier, get the ball into him in the box, let him do his thing. If that's the case... Uh, you know, it's it's going to be so hard to to overlook him for for Kane because you see them both. I get in, it. You see I them both it. in the lineup, and you're going to be thinking, "Oh, I wish I." Kind but of the thing is, Haaland's going to come up against the lowest of low blocks in the Premier League week in week out, and City. He's not. I've always listened to what Pep says when he comes up against low block teams. Is he likes his most agile, nimble, fast footed players? Right? He liked his Silvers. He liked his Bernardos. He likes his Foden's in those games. Those are the games where he knows to unlock Sterling, right? Those are the games where he knows he needs those agile, quick-footed players to unlock the low block. Haaland, for all his qualities, is not one of those players, right? He is a player who's powerful, full of pace, full of strength. He's a he's a beast of a player, but he's not the first player I think of in that City team to think, well, if anyone's going to unblock this low block, it's going to be Haaland. I would more mm. like look to Grealish or Mares with the trickery and, and skill than I would Harlem with his power and pace. 
he has got skill. He's got a great first touch, of course. But I don't think it's in the league of a David Silva or Bernardo Silva, right? So, or Foden. So I think that I want to see how that works, first of all. Because, yes, for Dortmund, he would have come up against low blocks, but not like he's going to come up against playing for City. It's like, from the off, you know, Bournemouth at, Bournemouth at home, Bournemouth are going to be like on the edge of their penalty area from the start. And, you know, it's not the kind of game, therefore, that Haaland's pace and power are going to come into it. It's going to be about, can they supply him? And teams are just going to congest the middle of the pitch. So it's not going to be easy. I don't. I want to see it before I start committing to it. Whereas Kane, we know what yeah. we're going to get. We know absolutely what we're going to get. Look at last season. I've got the data up last season. Yeah, he wasn't as prolific in terms of goals, but he still had his best season for four seasons in terms of big chance per 90, 0.92 compared to 0.88 the previous season. So he was getting big chances still. And in terms of, you know, big chance created, he was up there. Non XGI non-penalty per 90, his best season over the last four, 0.62. So the data doesn't scream of Kane's in decline in every aspect. So that's another reason why I think just Kane over Haaland to start with and then give it some time. I mean, the only thing, the only fear is Haaland goes crazy and his price goes through the roof. Oh, yeah, this is it. Uh, uh, it it's, it's very interesting with, with Guardiola and strikers as well because you look at the strikers he's had over his... Over his years as manager, and he's, I mean, he's had some absolutely amazing ones. I mean, he, he kind of took Aguero to the next level, for example. He's managed like Lewandowski, who's maybe of a similar mould to Haaland in that sense. But then, I mean, you look at Aguero, you look at Messi, who's, who's played in that role, you look at David Villa in that mm. role, Alexis Sanchez, all these guys. These are all kind of like slight build players. Foden played there last season, for example. So, we, apart from Lewandowski, who was absolutely incredible under Pep, we haven't really seen him use that kind of big, strong target man forward. No. And yeah, that, that we talked about, didn't we, on an episode earlier about Haaland and his kind of adapting into the role. There is definitely going to be some adapting he'll need to do. Yeah, got to be, surely. And we haven't, what, what has he had pre-season? Hardly anything yet. So, I like the, you. The, the comments have put me off, honestly. Those comments mm. from Pep, I, I mm. try not to put too much stock in the pre-season. And we've got the community shield. Yeah. If he plays yeah. in that and scores in that, it's going to be like, well, okay, maybe, maybe we, we need to move for him. But from what I've seen, you can only go with the the information that you have right yeah. here, right now, and the information tells me Harland is is someone who we can possibly ignore. Yeah, and like I said, because we've got that wild card that we know is going to come in five or six, you can wait and see. Unless Harland's play, like Kane would have to have a miserable start to the season. What are the chances that Kane's not going to score in August? That's <laughs> but he'd have to have a miserable start to the season and Harland to really blow the door off. And uh, I look, think Spurs' fixtures are good enough where I would think. I mean, Kane's got Southampton at home first game. No, it's game week two, though. Bournemouth at home. But he might City. not play that. We Chelsea. don't know, we don't no. know that, that Pep's going to go against Bournemouth at home. That's a game for Haaland. He might go, that's a game I can win without Haaland. And actually, I want my fast. Ima imagine you go into Bournemouth at home without Haaland. At well, all. I probably will. And, he's, <laughs> and his, own, his effective ownership is yeah. 190% or whatever. Yeah. I, be... I think I think you go in with Kane game. What I'm going to do is go in with Kane game at one and assess whether Haaland starts and whether Haaland, if he does start, is going to be the one who deals the damage to Bournemouth or is, is it going to be another player? That's my plan. Or, or just go with De Bruyne and just and just ignore. Yeah, ignore. Do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Should we look at the template team? I think we're otherwise we're going to run into the free hour territory if we're not careful. How long um, have we done? Uh, well, yeah, we're an hour and a half already, so we haven't got to our teams yet. Oh, an hour and a half, bloody Yeah, so this, this, you did some work, didn't you? You went out into the community and said, please send me your teams, please, mister. Is that what you did? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm always overwhelmed by the amount of people that reply to that message. They're not even like, I'm not even rating them. I'm just asking people to see them. And I had 350 um, to go through. Uh, like I said earlier, I was quite impressed that there was lots of players. I think there was there was more players in the pool. Um, have I still got the spreadsheet open? Let me see if I can find it. Oh, you've got uh, a spreadsheet behind this, have you? I, I did have a spreadsheet, but I've closed it, which was dumb. Well, I'll um, tell you I'll what keep... I'll do. While you find that, I'll read this out for the podcast, right? So the template, as put together by As from the community teams he got, is rare in goal, Trent, Cancelo, James, Chipier, Salah, Diaz, Rashford, Neto, Jesus and Haaland. And on the bench, it's Balcom, the Brentford reserve keeper, Taraya. Nico Williams, the best young right back in the country. Uh, Andreas Pereira, who's obviously gone for United to Fulham uh, and he's 4.5. And Greenwood, Sam Greenwood, who's might get some minutes off the bench, although Gail Hart probably preferred as the sub for Bamford. Sam Greenwood at 4.5. That's the template that you formed from the team submitted to you. How many did you get in total? Uh, well, I had 300 come through. Um, I probably looked through about 100 of them. And right. put them into the spreadsheet. Right. Um, I'm just trying to. I don't know why I didn't do this. I'm just trying to calculate how many different players people looked at. It was. It was a what? surprising amount. Mm. Um, sorry, this isn't great. Podding. This this is the content that they want. <laughs> <laughs> live Excel, live should, Excel stuff. In, in I, should, I should have done this before, but my my toilet broke and I was panicking. Oh so dear. You better, that will sound odd if they haven't heard the start of the pod and you just said. People was, was really You did say though. toilet, not waters there, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'll I tell you what was really telling though, just how few strikers yeah. um, were, were being talked about. So um, in goalkeeper and defence, there was 33 different defenders. Um, wow, that's a big, I was so bloody hell. Goalkeepers and defenders. Yeah. That's a surprise. Well, okay, well, that's the first shock. In midfield, 27 different right, players. Less. Yeah. Um, and up front, unbelievable. Five. Seven. Seven. So outside of Jesus and Haaland, it would have been Kane, Tony, and one other. Who would it have been? Well, it probably wouldn't have been. Obviously, Greenwood would have been in there, I would have said. And probably Archer of Villa. Oh, Green, Green, Greenwood, I didn't count bench players. Oh, you didn't it was, count it was, bench it was only, players. It was only first 11. So Jesus, yeah. Haaland, Tony, Kane. Another Tony. Tony Martial. Tony Martial, really? He's in there, is he? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mitrovic made it into a few. Yeah, fair enough. Johnson. And you're, and you're not Forest boy, mate. Yeah, Johnson. Yeah, are we, are we, But I mean, that's, that's a pool of... Oh, and when he was in there Alan over Johnson. Alan, yeah, yeah. Okay. No Johnsons, but a couple of... Yeah. But yeah, that's, that, you know, it's like 100 players to, to consider. So, mm. yeah, there, that's there was... encouraging, isn't it? It is encouraging. And, you know, you look at the players, you know, the Madison, Mount, um, you know, Bowen made it into a few. You know, all the kind of 8 million players were... Accepted. The, the kind of the real shocks to me were were just how few teams had KDB and Son in, mm. and I know that Salah and Haaland or Salah and Kane is so tempting, but Son and 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 De Bruyne are in like a fraction mm. of teams. You know like what? A real fraction. You know what I've looked at. Right? I I have looked at going Son and then switching to De Bruyne for the Bournemouth game. To me, that could be a really attractive option. Mm. The only, I mean. It's, it's whether or not, I mean, I, have you looked at any teams about Salah over the summer? Uh, I have. I have yeah. I have seen a few. It's like um, a confession, isn't it? My name's uh, Chaz <laughs> Phillips and I've gone without Salah in pre-season. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've seen teams with just Salah and, and ignoring kind of the other premiums and I feel better about it. You just have him as the perma-captain. Whenever I see a team without Salah, I just go, oh, don't know. Don't know about that. Mm. Um, I just, I don't trust, like captaincy-wise, I just don't trust anyone else. I mean, 
you know, Haaland's Kane, Son, De Bruyne. I don't know. I just I feel so. We safe saw it though, right? In that post mortem mm-hmm. uh, show we did, yeah. we saw just how often Salah wasn't. You know, he was often the most popular pick, but he wasn't often the, the highest scoring pick. And and I think we said with lessons learned that, you know, you've got to look at, and I look at game week one and I think Salah away at Fulham, yeah, great captain pick. But the difference in ownership between him and Kane and the fact that Kane's at home to Southampton and similar Son at home to Southampton as well, how much of a gamble is it really to go one of the Spurs players over Salah as captain for game week one? Is, is it huge? Is it a huge gamble? It's a bit of a gamble. But I don't think it's a massive one. And yet that could go really nicely in your favour if you did that. So, mm. I don't know. Whether I would go without Salah, I, don't, I mean, I imagine all the hundred teams you've got in. You're going without Salah. Salah and Haaland's. You're going to need a big sofa. Why? <laughs> you think? Maybe. Maybe. But how many teams had Salah? All of them? No, not all of them. No, right. not at all. Right. Um, yeah. It, sort of 90, 93, 94% of them right. did, but there were, there was mm. a few that, that didn't do it. I mean, Diaz, Trent and Robertson was mm. was kind of the preferred three. I think yeah. the ones that didn't have him had, had those three players in. Yeah, of course um, we have to do, yeah. 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 So. I mean, this was done before Nunes' his four goals as well. So mm. I wonder if that's, there's a lot of people in the chat kind of talking about, mm. um, about Nunes and whether he can be a factor for us. If you think he's going to be the kind of the main man for Liverpool next season, you know, he's four million less, isn't he? So it might be an option. Yeah, and do you not look at it and think, I mean, this is my thinking with Salah as well. I mean, I'm, I've got him at the moment, but I have had a lot, I've had done a lot of teams without him. Do you not think with Nunes coming in and Mane not there, there's a, quite a bit, that's quite a bit of change in the front line. Um, in the, you know, Diaz settled really well and we expect him to carry on that and probably grow as a player. But Nunes over Firmino or Nunes over Jota, that's a change, right? That, that's quite a significant change, perhaps. And if if that that is just a variable, which could mean that Salah perhaps isn't quite as effective in terms of output as we've seen in previous seasons, probably will be. But it's still it's still an unknown you're injecting into that yeah. forward line, right? That we haven't had before. When it you know Diaz out wide on the opposite flank, perhaps not so much of a, of a as a disruption. But when you're changing that central player, and suddenly Liverpool have got an, an out and out goal scorer, which let's face it, Firmino never was. Jota. It came an out-and-out goal score for them. But yeah, I would say Nunes is a step above Jota, right? And presumably they've paid that money for that. So is there a risk that that is an unknown that could mean that the gap between Salah and Son, which last season was, what, eight points? Perhaps the gap between Salah and Son might not be very big at all. Again, what do you think? Well, again, though, we're not looking at this over the whole season. We're looking at this over the first yeah. five. And I, I know Spurs have good fixtures, but Liverpool with Fulham, Palace, United, Bournemouth, Newcastle... I, I just want the main Liverpool guy for, for that run. It's it's such a good opening first five games. And, you know, I mentioned a bit with Arsenal when, you know, the, all these other players are changing and different positions, but Salah's role in the team isn't, isn't going to change. He's going to be the one who gets the ball, drives. He's a selfish player anyway. He's going to stay on pens. He's, he's still he's still going to be the main man. He, and he starts seasons so strongly. He does, he, yeah. He stays, yeah. He's so fit. <laughs> trick game stay, we I know, he stays, yeah. he stays so fit. And while other players are maybe finding their feet, he's just going to be out there. So yeah. he, he's, he's just, there's no... There's, yeah, no, there's, I, I get it. I, get I don't, it. don't get me wrong though. I, I, uh, what you're saying, I, I get it. I think there isn't much between Son and Salah. I don't, if people want to do it, go for it. But Fulham away, gaming one. That's the best fixture of all. That's my captain for sure. It probably is the best fixture of all because we we expect Fulham to be the most 
permeable of the promoted defences. Bournemouth will put up a low block from the off. They won't show much interest in attacking. Forest will need time to gel their forward players. What they will do is rely on their defence, I think, early on. So I don't think Forest will give away as much. Fulham haven't changed their team much and will be, I hope, as enterprising as they were in the championship and, and attack teams, right? So I think Fulham will give up more chances than the other two promoted teams early on. Um, I think Forest will probably go that way as well eventually, but not at the start. So I do think it is probably is the best game at one fixture. But Southampton at home is not a bad fixture no. either. And let's face it, Southampton, I don't know what to make of them, but they ended the season incredibly badly. And have they strengthened? Not particularly from what I've seen. And they've got changes in the defence. I don't know. We have yet to see how well those players will adjust and what we'll have game week one. But as we've seen, the thing with a Ralph team is they can absolutely capitulate. So, yeah. it, it could, you know, they don't know. If they have a bad week, it's normally a 5 0. It's not a 1 0, is it? With Southampton. So. I, I don't like their team at all, to be honest, Southampton. I mean, it's years of just losing their best players constantly. And mm. I think Ralph has done an amazing job with them. To I know they've had the odd huge result against them, but. Generally speaking, they've done well to stay in the league. I think they're, they're just going to really struggle this season. And to be playing Spurs away, who have had such a good transfer window, I mean, Spurs are going to be out to, to challenge this season. You know, mm. Kane yeah. is, is happy again. You know, they've got Son, got his best power next to him in Son. They've got strength all round. Oh, I, 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 do, I do definitely fear for them. And I fear for me not having any of their players. Well, on this side is it. Well. I look at this template. I think there's no Spurs attack at all. No, no, no. And, and if I was looking at this and going, well, if I was the type of manager to go on ownership and go, where can I gain something in terms of ownership? It's got to be the Spurs attack, hasn't it? It's got to be that. Because you look at that and you think, if that's reflective of how managers around me are going to act with their lineups, the Spurs attack is the one to get on, I think, um, in order to differentiate your team from the, the template that that's what I take from that anyway I'm, at the moment. I'm, I'm surprised not to see more. I know a lot of people are thinking about the Kane to Haaland switch but I'm surprised mm. that more people aren't thinking about the Son to De Bruyne Son to De Bruyne yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen that discussed yeah. or in any any kind of teams yeah um, well I, I, mean, I, I did it in the teams I didn't have Salah I, I had I had teams of Son and Kane in double up of Southampton mm. and then you've got the choice of going do I go Son to De Bruyne or Kane to Haaland depending on which I think is the better bet for City. So that is quite strong. And the fact is, if you have Son going with one over Salah, you're not going to worry about getting rid of him away at Chelsea. Whereas if you have Salah, he's locked in, isn't he? How often are you going to sell Salah? You're not. You're not. It's very hard to do upside chasing with Salah. Yeah. It's much easier to do upside chasing. When I say upside chasing, for those who don't know, that is moving a heavy hitter out for another heavy hitter. Going off of Kane to Haaland or Son to De Bruyne just feels easier and you feel like you're more likely to do it than going Salah to somebody, to, to De Bruyne. It does, right? Yep. So I think a Son Kane double up for game week one, knowing that you then move to one of the city, is pretty good. But then you've got to go without Salah, I think, which is really tough. So tough. Let's look at your team so far. This is what you're going with right now. It is going to, how likely is this going to change? 99%? <laughs> well, I mean, it changed about five different times last night. Um, right. I, you know, you know, you just get into the kind of zone, the tinkering zone. Oh, well, I'm, I'm in the tinkering zone all the time, you know. I know, yeah. Well, I've actually gone back. <laughs> it I, sounds I, awful. It does, yeah. doesn't it? That sounds a bit weird. <laughs> I, did, um, I did a draft uh, for, for Scout a, a few weeks ago, and, and this actually looks kind of fairly similar to that one. So I've ended up kind of going back to that. I had taken 
sterling out um, mm. and, and kind of moving things around. I will tell you the team. Um, yeah, so it's Ray in goal, uh, Trent, Cancelo, Chilwell and Zinchenko. I really like Zinchenko. Mm. Um, mm. It was Dean um, before, but that move for Zinchenko is really interesting. I mean, if he plays in midfield, for example, I think that's going to be a, a real coup and we're going to yeah. see a lot of investment um, in him. Uh, Salah, Sterling, Sancho and Neto. So Sterling I like as a differential. Sancho, a lot of people going for Rashford. I still have my doubts about Rashford. Um, you know, he, he's had such a poor couple of seasons. I just worry that his trajectory is still down. Whereas I think Sancho's is up because he's not going to have a season, I don't think, like he did last year. I think he's he's just too good. To, he's 7'5". He's, he's, he's a million more. He's that's five. He is. I, I just I just think Ilanga's there on the left for Rashford. It, it would only take a couple of poor games. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I mean, like, yeah, I totally... I mean... Yeah, we'll talk about mine in a minute. But I, I definitely, I, the thing is with Sancho is surely he's a wait and see player rather than a game week one player, isn't he? Well, this is what you were saying earlier. He's he's a he is a wait and see, but I don't need to have him forever. I'm going to keep him. You know, I, I'm, the Ten Hag wave that I mentioned is is interesting. I mean, you know, pre season they, they have <laughs> the Ten Hag wave. <laughs> they have been they have been good pre season, you know, yeah. and you know you're, you're you, you know they play Liverpool for example. They play as kind of a second string Liverpool, but. They're, they're, they're looking with Ronaldo not there and it's like what we've talked about lots of times last season they just look more vibrant in attack and more attacking and the pressing's better oh, yeah. and yeah. Fernandes is back pulling the strings and the fixtures are decent for United so he's someone that I can I can probably switch fairly easily as well at 7-5 um, I can move Sterling down to an 8 if I want to they're just my kind of two players who I'm not seeing in too many teams who I'm you know are a little bit different yeah yeah I love the Sterling pick it's a brave one again for me I've had teams of him in. I've had non-Salah teams with Son and Sterling, which I'd love to go with, but I don't mm-hmm. know if I've got that the balls in me to do it. Um, Sterling, yeah, is he going to fly out the block straight away? That's my only thing. It's I don't trust Tuchel's attack very much. I mean, I trust it to go Mount. I don't know if I trust it to go 10 to Sterling. The thing is about Mount is he's so consistent. Yeah. There's Sterling... I want to see what how he fits in. I want to see how he plays. I mean, you you presume it's Havertz who's going to drop into space and Sterling's going to get beyond him, right? You, that's what you I imagine. like that. That's I it. like that. I like that. If there's a glimpse of that, then I'm with you. I I I, I can I can go with it, but I just don't know if I'm going to have that in uh, have enough assured surety of that for game week one. But yeah, he's he's in my thinking for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Sterling as well is, I mean, he's 10 million, then you've got all the eights who are so good. I mean, Madison is absolutely yeah. flying pre-season. And, and yeah. Rodgers has already said it's the best he's ever seen him play for Leicester and Brentford in game week one. So, you know, I want to make sure I've got at least one player, 8 million or over, to move to that. Yes. And yeah. I do wonder if Sterling is worth the kind of 2 million because it's meant that I've got Kane up front, but then Undav. So the Brighton Undav. Um, Undav's not a factor at the start, is he? Surely they're going to start well back on Mope. I mean, I think Undav will come in eventually, but do you see him starting? I want, I, he's, 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 he's very much a kind of, you know, if, if I'm not 100% sure he's going to start or close to 100%, then he, he won't be in the side. But I keep saying to people, he, he hasn't been brought in to, to, you know, to be a bit part player and put pressure on Mope or anything like that. He has been brought in to take Brighton to, ta- to the next level. He's a league above the strikers we have in that side. He will be in the team. I have absolutely no doubt he'll be in the team sooner rather than later. Whether it is game week one, I'm going to need some kind of assurances. Mope got two goals in preseason um, it, just a few days ago. Undev came off the bench, set one up and, and scored one um, as well. Uh, Welbeck will probably start. Have you, seen, have you seen a picture of Welbeck? He's absolutely ripped now. He's been what is gym. it with footballers? Right? I mean, 
it's not necessarily a good thing to be as muscular as 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 that. You know, it's really odd. Like Rashford's done it as well. I yeah, saw yeah. an image of Mason Mount how he's grown bolt up. I mean, I know strength is a big thing, but so is speed and agility. And it's like mm. it is odd how these players bolt. I mean, one of the things about Antonio is sometimes he looks so muscular, he, he, lethar- he gets so tired and lethargic. So you know, it's got it's a balance, isn't it? But all the players this summer have got, is it an Instagram thing? Do you reckon that is? Wellbeck's thinking I've only got a couple of years left. Maybe Instagram's the way to go. Let's hold up. A, he doesn't strike me as an <laughs> no, Instagram No, he doesn't, player. but I don't know. It's a bit odd, isn't it? In, in, at the stage of career he's at to suddenly go, right, I'm going to hit the gym. It's a uh, well, fair play to him. You know, who am I to talk? Who are we to talk? In fact? I know. I know. <laughs> but the thing is with Undav, right? He's a 5 5 forward. Surely you can get more value out of going a four-five forward and a five-five defender, can't you? Yeah, I mean, D- again, Dean Dean is a consideration. I mean, I, I really, I really like Dean in that five million bracket. Mm. And you know, if you're asking me, kind of even over five or over the season, or whether who scores more points, Dean or Undav, I'm probably telling you, I'm probably saying Dean. And there's no, there's nowhere really to move Undav to. Um, I mean, the good thing about Undav is Neko Williams is there, who I think is a good option. He's a bit, he's a complete gift. Uh, you know, for for you in, in defence yeah. of four million. So Undav doesn't play, but yeah, I think the fact that I'm pretty much going to have to go with Undav or, or not might make me kind of reconsider. So I've only got two Liverpool, for example, and I, I do really like Diaz. I'm, I'm really kind of... Two Liverpool? On him. Mm, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's trade-offs, right? But mm. I, I, you know, Undav to me is just that kind of fun, fun pick. I, I'm backing him to have a really good season for Brighton. I'm backing us to have a good season this year. And... You know, sometimes it's just nice to own a, a a player from your team, as I'm sure you're going to show me that you've got. Well, you're going to be very surprised, then, aren't you? Because I haven't got any of them. What? <laughs> no. You haven't got Jesse? No, not at the moment. I am. Well, I've got another lineup in a minute I'll show you with him in. So at the moment, I've got Edison, Cancelo, Trent, James, Robertson, Gabriel, uh, Salah, Saka, Rashford, Neto, and then Kane up front. And then I've put the captaincy on Kane just to tease the fact that I might not go Salah captain <laughs> game at one. Yeah, <laughs> absolute clickbait. Yeah. On the bench, Olsen, just because he looked good pre-season, he won't get in front, but it's a four-million keeper. Um, Andreas uh, Pereira, as we said. Archer, who I think will get minutes off the bench for Villa because he has mm. looked very good pre-season. I really rate him. Had a very good season with uh, with Preston and then Planju's a really good prospect for Palace as well we equally could get some minutes this season but I, you know, you're not looking at your four or five forwards and hoping to get in and think Pereira will be my sub if I need him and he will start most games for Fulham um, but yeah that's what I'm going at the moment I'm, I, I think I'm going to go four, uh, 5-4-1 at the start of the season I don't think that will change personnel will change players at most risk here Gabriel could go to Zinchenko but the reason I've gone Gabriel is you mentioned Palace versus Leicester First two games. Who set are the weakest? Pieces. Yeah. Mm. Weakest player teams that set pieces. Very good point. Gabriel scored. Gabriel scored at Leicester last season, I believe. Um, and he's also got Fulham early on. And he scored at Fulham on his debut from a set piece as well. So Gabriel, I think, is an interesting pick because he gets you that Arsenal defence, but he gets you a real threat in those first two games as well. Um, and I've seen Palace pre-season. They played Millwall pre-season. Two goals conceded from set-pieces straight away. And the commentary was like, oh, here we go again with set-pieces. So they don't look as though... Yeah. And if they start with Gay, he and Anderson, that's the same centre-back pairing, right? So they're relying on what? Their goalkeeper to improve the set-piece issue? So I, I do worry that they're going to start with a set-piece problem. Leicester, you'd think, will be working on that pre-season, but they were so bad that they've probably got about five years of work to do. It's not going to fix over one summer, is it? They were just awful at set pieces, weren't they? So every team who plays against them, they you know they're going to go play for corners, 
and stick the big boys in and stick it in the mixer. So I like Gabriel for those first two. The players who are going to change, who are, who are on the teetering on the brink, are Saka, Rashford and Neto. I don't think the rest is going to, and Gabriel, I don't think the rest is going to change. Edison, I could go four or five if I need that million. Salah and Son, I've looked at what I could do with the extra million. It's not enough, though, is it? They needed to make Son 11-5 or even 11, didn't they? And De Bruyne 11 or 11-5. If they'd have made those two 11 or 11-5, coming off Salah would have been easier. But a million gain to come down off Salah yeah, is not enough, not, is it? It's not enough. It's not enough of a, a carrot to tease us. We, we talked about that straight after the after the prices came out, didn't we? It's I thought that was a bit of a missed opportunity. But yeah, I really like this team. I really want to slate it. I love slating your teams. But the only one, like I said, the only one I really like is Rashford because I, yeah. I just think he's... he's but at the same time, it doesn't matter. You've only got him for a couple of weeks. He's 6'5". This the is the alternative. Is so strong. The rest of it is so strong, though. This, this is the alternative, right? And this is basically going, I'm going to go Martinelli over Saka, and I'm going to go Mount over Saka. I've got a table on this, actually, on Mount versus Saka, which is really interesting. So this is Edison, Cancelo, Trent, James, Robertson, Gabriel. Same back five. Salah, Martinelli, Mount, Lingard and Kane up front. Same price. I've just changed the three midfielders. That is, I've got doubts over Neto because Neto plays for Wolves. And Wolves, although he's a great player, I don't know what we're going to get from Wolves. If We, we saw last season, blimey, they were awful and just long spells, weren't they? And, and they haven't changed too much. Yeah, yeah, in attack. This is it, you know. Neto's a, a good attacking player in a bad attacking team, I think. I don't know, but I think that's the case. Therefore, you know, I look at this midfield three or with Salah Martin and the Mount and Lingard. Lingard, all right, there's some bias there, but Lingard's, if, if, if you to believe the wages, he's on 25 grand a goal, isn't he? Uh, he's got a bit. <laughs> like he's, I think he's on 80 grand basic a week, plus it can go up to 121 grand a week on bon- with bonuses. You've got to think the bonuses are win and goal bonuses, right? So if he's on 25 grand per goal, he's going to have a few shots in a game and he might even push Brennan off penalties. And Lingard is, you know, you don't have to, he, he defies XG, doesn't he? He scores brilliant goals. He's like, he's like a son in that he doesn't score tap-ins. He scores excellent goals or a low on XG. And I think he's going to be so pivotal to Forrest. X mins for Lingard is going to be high. He's going to play every game. He's going to play most games to 85, 90, I would have thought. It's just Forrest's start. I don't necessarily want to start with him. So I probably won't go with this. What do you think on the Mount versus Saka thing? I prefer Mount. Yeah, you see, I've got this table. I'm going to bring this up. It's really interesting because I, I thought there'd be quite a gap between Mount and Saka and I thought it would mm. favour Saka. But the table I'm bringing up now, if you look at last season, both players improved massively from their previous two mm. seasons in 21-22. XGI non-penalty for Saka per 90 is 0.51. For Mount, it's 0.57. Shot in the box for Mount, 1.83 compared to Saka on 2.17. So he's, he favours, he's better than him there. But I was surprised how close Mount was to all areas to Saka, and he's ahead of him for XGI non-penalty. And if anything, you know, I look at the X-Mins, I think maybe Mount will play more games this season as well. He got 11 goals and 11 assists. Saka got 11 goals, 9 assists. And Mount got that from 27 starts compared to 36 starts for Saka. So he's, his output was yeah, yeah. really strong despite starting fewer games. I mean, I think Mount will start more this season, don't you? 
Yeah, I mean, he had a few injuries, didn't he, last season, which was mm. why, which is why he, he kind of fell away a bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, I did a video for Scout, best eight million midfield options. You know, looking at kind of all of them, and I wasn't really expecting Mount to feature so no. highly in terms of no. XGI um, per ninety. I think he's the second. I mean, Mares is is top with zero point eight six, but there's kind of some question marks around him. Um, he got Foden zero point six four. Again, question marks around him. And then, you know, looking at Kozewski, Madison, Diaz, Saka and Mount, it's Mount next, 0.59. So nearly yeah. at that 0.6 kind of magic number. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think next season he kicks on. Um, and so, and so what, it, what it means as well is like you, you could gamble on going Martinelli over Saka, go Mount as your 8 million. So that's an option, isn't it? So I am looking at that. It's whether or not, how confident am I in Rashford in that first lineup? You know, Rashford at 6.5 could be amazing. But I'm, I've got, there's question marks over him and there's question marks over Neto. Um, I think you know what you get with Mount. You know what, I think you know what you get with Lingard. I think I'm, I'm pretty certain Lingard's going to get us 10 goals. I've, I think he's going to get 10 goals. Yeah. The number 10 for Forrest, I watched Forrest last season a lot, both in the flesh and on TV. And the number 10, we had Zink and Argel playing the 10 and our two forwards split wide so often they play the channels and they allow the 10 to come into central areas he's gonna love all that. the time, right? Yeah, Zink yeah. and Argel, no end product. Absolutely no end product, as, <laughs> as as you used to say. Good player, a <laughs> lot of skill, not the best finisher in the world. Well, not at all. Lingard, <laughs> yeah, he's got an end product and a half, right? So if he's playing the 10 in the Forest system, he's going to be great, I think. It'll take us some games, though, to get there. I think that's why I'm worried about starting with him. It'll take us till game week five or six to get into a rhythm and gel the players. Our fixtures are a lot better then. That's when you bring him in. But mm. I am tempted to start with him. I am tempted. He's a, he's, I mean, he's a top six sort of bit part player or a top 10 starter, Lingard. I think he's a, it's a big, big statement from, from you yeah. to, to get him. I know he's obviously got all the dancing and all that kind of stuff. But on the pitch, he, he does deliver. He, he's a yeah. very, very talented man. And I think he was badly treated at United, particularly last year. I can't believe um, he only started two games for them last season. It's ridiculous. When you consider how bad they were and the energy they needed from, yeah. from that kind of position, Re- really, yeah. really poor from them. So mm. it's nice that, you know, I mean, West Ham obviously were were an option and he probably had other options elsewhere. But, it, you know, I know the money's a big factor, but I think he just wants to play, right? Yeah. Well, we'll see. More on Lingard over the summer, no doubt. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get a couple of plugs in now. You're going to do one, I'm going to do the other. Fest pre-season, 5th of August. Uh, it's going to be amazing. It always is uh, the pre-season one because we have the deadline and that deadline will be that night because it's Arsenal Palace and we'll have the countdown uh, to the deadline and we'll all be changing our teams around other FBL camera's managers. Going. Yeah, your camera's knocking in and out. I don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we'll be there um, changing our teams to the very last minute. There'll be a countdown to the to the deadline and then obviously Palace Arsenal that night as well. Um, it's going to be a great night. Come and join me and other FBL managers uh, in Waterloo. Uh, Fancy Football Fest, look it up online and you'll find that. There's tickets still available for 20 quid. Uh, and then you're going to talk about the uh, Scout Community Tournament run by Greyhead, our friend Greyhead, who runs the Great and the Good League, which I've managed to preserve my place in. We won't <laughs> go into that, though. Uh, tell us more about the tournament, As. A series of series of bribes have, have kept you in that. Um, yeah, just uh, Greyhounds Community Tournament is is picking up a lot of traction uh, this season. Strikers, keepers, losers, weepers. It ran last season. Uh, managers with their teams, um, and the, you know the teams are made up of like FPL managers. Um, Nine hundred people have signed up already. Forty eight teams. Um, the closing date, if you want to be involved in this community tournament, is the twenty fifth of July. So. If you don't know what it is, 
Um, I did a video for Scout talking to Greyhead and and uh, Boris, who's the other guy sort of running it. Um, have a check out on that. Uh, but basically, it's a, it's a massive tournament where you get involved in a in a team, uh, and your points are all kind of um, tallied together, and you go against someone else. And they run them every year, and they're absolutely brilliant. So it's great it's, fun, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And, so, and, and Light Fest is like it's another way of contacting other FBL managers and, and making friends online with them that perhaps you wouldn't have met on Twitter or if you're not on Twitter, not come across at all. It really does that build that community feel that's growing all the time in, in FBL, which is great. Have you seen that Tim Sherwood's done a video for one of the teams? Right, yeah, that's one of those, you know, you know, you can pay 25 quid to get, uh, yeah, yeah. I knew, I, when I saw you could do that, I was thinking someone's going to do that for something, aren't they? They're going to get their team sheet read out by them every week or something like that. But that's hilarious, isn't it? Um, <laughs> It was great. So good. We've got a few people in the chat as well. Uh, Team Maradona Kebab uh, yeah. to an FPL and FPL Dan up the kebabs. Um, the other thing as well is the MVP draft in which last season I was number one pick. Not you to, were? Uh, What's going on there? You know about it. Um, that will be on the 3rd of <laughs> August. Right. Um, a few new names in that. Uh, Andy North, for example, really lowering the bar. Hold on. Is, is Andy North for an MVP this, this time, man? Okay. What, 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 what have we created with him? Uh, and we'll be sharing the results of that on the black box that um, follows it. So it's great to know if you're picked before me. I it's great, isn't it? Would have thought so. Uh, well, I, thought, I would have thought so before. I don't know, though, on last season. I'll tell you what, what I'm loving about this show already. The ranks have gone. Got rid of those ranks. Wow, starting afresh. <laughs> you even forgot uh, to put the bloody league code in. I know. You've got to give me the league code. Do you have a hand now so people listening can join the league? I pinned, I pinned it in the chat. Number one league last season. Number one league. Are we going to do that again? Beat slippers again. Let's the do league that. code for anyone wondering is, um, hang on. <laughs> oh, this is it. This is the content. <laughs> hang on. The league code is quick stall mark. Stall, stall, stall. Oh, stall, I don't quick. know what to say. Got it. uh, it's 3v7 yeah. DQ9. 3v7 DQ9. There you go. Join our league. It was only the best league around last, last season. So join that. Isn't it great? I'm so excited. You know what? I was I was pretty down on the prices when they came out, but I, I don't think it's too bad now at all. I've, I've actually been enjoying make, building teams. And, um, you know, I think there's going to be a bit of variety now. I really do. So I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to it. And stuff like the, the fest and the community tournament, it, it's, it's reminding me how great it is to be part of uh, the FBL community and how much fun it's going to be again. So I'm really up for it. There you go. Yeah, my, my my biggest thing to people is just, I know there's a strong template. The template is obviously good, but that doesn't mean other players can't do as well. And if you've got a feeling about players, just be brave and just go for it. I, you, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to conform. It's always my message at, at this, at this stage. Um, the, the, if you, if you start with the template, you'll probably do well, but there are players in that template who won't do well. And if you can pick those and get someone else, then you'll, you'll do well. So don't be a sheep. Brilliant. There you go. Over two hours again. Well, I guess we'll be back next week. We've got to do pre-season roundup. We'll probably do that the week before the season starts. Um, we're going to look at some lessons learned as well. We'll probably do that next week. Should we do that next week and make lessons it a short learned, show? Yeah. yeah, let's yeah, look back at that. Let's do some black box thinking. But for now, that's all from us this week. Um, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for the thousand who are joining us uh, in chat. Of course, you've got to say one thing before we go, of course, which is the usual as. Do it. Please make sure if you're watching this video to smash that like button. Don't just hit it. Just absolutely break your keyboard of how much you've smashed it. Uh, no, we do. Where we got a thousand watching, two hundred and thirty likes. Come on, people! Um, be great to to boost that number up. Um, also, subscribe 
uh, to the channel. I mean, how many subscribers have we got these days? 23, 24,000, something like that? 24 point something or other, yeah, yeah. I want to get my suit out. Let's try and hit 30,000. Yeah, I was uh, talking of Clobber on the stream. I did say that if Lingard signed, you could choose a piece of Lingard merch from the J-Ling store and I would wear it on stream. So, I picked it. You're getting that pink hoodie. It's lovely. Oh, no. What? Which, which one? The all pink one? Uh, yeah. Was it all pink or was it oh. white with a, with a bit of pink on it? Oh, God. I'd, I'd, I'd like you to wear the hat as well. Um, but that's optional. <laughs> <laughs> and I did say I'd wear it at a fest, but I'm retracting that completely. <laughs> Although it might sell a few more tickets if I say I'm going to turn up in that, wouldn't it? I know what's going to happen. We're going to put the hoodie on and wear it. Like, I really going to like and it. And then you're going to really like it. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely what's going to well, happen. Well, we'll see. I'm not so sure about that. It's a good night for me. Good night, everyone. Podcast Network.